The language that Rashi uses is so precise that when we pay attention, we'll learn much more than what is immediately apparent in Rashi's commentary. Like, for example, in our parasha, where Hashem speaks about the relationship that we have with Him, as Rashi points out, through our behavior, and the relationship that we have intrinsically with Hashem. The Pasuk that says that Hashem has selected you, the Jewish people, today to be His treasured nation, and then the Pasuk says, as He has already said to you, so Rashi tells us, where did he say that? So Rashi quotes that and says, on his that where did Hashem tell us would be his treasured nation before the giving of the Torah, Pashas Yisroi, where he says, you will be for me a treasured nation. Then Rashi quotes in a subsequent pasuk the words that say that you Hashem says will be for me a holy nation, and there it says as Hashem spoke. Says Rashi in his Meforish that that is V'yisem li Kedoshim. That is in Parshas Kedoshim where Hashem says, You will be holy to me. So, Daphne Fashtein, we need to understand what's going on over here. Oyeb Rashi Daphne, it might examine for Pasuk Vos der Diber is. If Rashi does not have to tell us what the words of promise are that Hashem gave to us, because the Pasuk tells us, the Torah tells us that you are to be a treasured nation. So why do you have to quote now from Pashas Yisroi to tell us that it is in fact a promise to be a treasured nation? Our Pasuk is telling us that. And Rashi's only objective is to tell us where this was originally stated. Why does Rashi have to actually say the words? Tell us here by the what the word, sorry, here where it says, why do you have to quote again the words you said in Parashas Yisroi? Just say, look in Parashas Yisroi. And if for whatever reason Rashi needs to tell us what Hashem originally told the Jewish people, well then he should have quoted it also the first time that it was given to us, what the message is, what it means to be an Amsagula. So something is strange about how Rashi is interpreting this Pasuk. You will be an Amsagula, like it says, you will be an Amsagula. What's his message? And there's another thing about the second comment that Rashi makes. It seems that Rashi's source is not necessarily the best or the first source that he could have used. Generally, Rashi will find the earliest reference to something. He doesn't seem to do that here. Rashi says, when Hashem had already told us it would be a holy nation, where is that referring to? Middle of Parshas Kedoshim. So Noach, we've got to understand why, why there. And we'll see in a second because there are other places where it could be. Now, after the fact that Rashi quotes the Pasuk from Pashas Yisrael, that tells us, in other words, Rashi is saying, the Torah here says, Hashem has already told you this. Where did he tell you? I'll tell you. It's in Pashas Yisrael. But then Rashi adds further, What does it say in that Pasuk? Not Rashi. It's like, what does it say in that Pasuk in Pashas Yisrael? You will be a holy nation. Ah, so there you got the principle of being holy. Why then does Rashi believe that when in our parasha Hashem says, as I've already told you that you would be holy, it's not in the same place where he told us it would be a treasured nation in Parashas Yisroi, where it does say that you'll be a Goy Kodesh, but instead it's from elsewhere in Parashas Kodeshim. Why doesn't Rashi say these two expressions of being a treasured and a holy nation are in the same place 
as many of the other Mephoshim do. Rashi is doing something unusual. He's saying the place that says that you're a treasured nation, that's in Yisroi. The place that says that you're a holy nation is in a completely different parasha. Why? Nochmer, and beyond that. If you go with the other Mephoshim who believe that the references here in Parashas Kisavoy are both to what was said in Parashas Yisroi, well then the whole flow makes sense. Because when originally the Torah told us that we would be this, this nation of Koyhanim, Taish Rashi, it doesn't mean that we'll be literally Koyhanim, Rashi says it means Sorim, that we'd be people of stature, officers or ministers. That would work well with our Pasuk, because what does our Pasuk say? You're going to be a treasured nation. You're going to be elevated over the other nations of the world. You're going to be a holy nation. That works perfectly with the three statements that Debeshter made in Pasha Sisroi, which are to be a treasured nation. Well, that's exactly the fact that in our parasha it says Hashem will elevate you over the nations that would fit with or the fact that Hashem promised us that we'd be like these elevated personalities and in our parasha here where it says you'll be a holy nation would align with what it says Rashi doesn't make that alignment why not? it would seem so seamless it seems so beautiful why is Rashi pulling away from Pasha Sisroi and saying specifically that the Kedoshim in our parasha is referencing what they just said in Parshas Kedoshim. All right, let's try and answer this. Lecheri Yeshleimer. As the time was Rashi brings in the Pasuk Vegoi Kodesh, Oi, Vili Yosham Kodesh, Gomer Kashi Diber, maybe the reason Rashi did not want to quote from Parshas Yisroi that we would be a holy nation as the original statement being repeated here, Kashi Diber, that I told you you'd be a holy nation, well, that's because if the Pasuk here in Pashas Kisavoy is quoting two things that both come from Yisroi, why do you have to say, as I have told you, twice? Surely, could have said Kashedi Berloch, and that would refer both to the Yisim Lisegula and to the Am Kodesh. The fact that the Torah says Kashedi Berloch about the Am Segula, and then separately Kashedi Ber about the Am Kodesh, sounds like it's actually referencing two sources. But that's not a great answer. Because there's another logical reason to say because there's a phrase in between the two quotations. And that phrase is that we should observe the mitzvahs. So you've distracted us from the first kasher dibeloch by saying you have to observe, uh, observe the mitzvahs. So now it makes sense to say kasher diber. Void. Furthermore, and if actually it's true that Rashi is addressing the fact that there are two quotations from the same source or two quotations that push us to different sources, Rashi should have explained it. Why in fact is the Torah looking for two different sources? Why is that relevant in this Pasuk? Rashi should have discussed it. And why is the Torah not satisfied to be referring to Hashem's uh, message or promise that it would be a holy nation which was said in Parashas Yisroi. So if in fact there's a compelling reason to split the two, Rashi should have explained why the Torah is doing that. 
There's another question with regards to where Rashi is quoting from, not only the fact that he's quoting Parshas Kedoshim, but where in Parshas Kedoshim he's quoting from. Because the Pasuk was Rashi brings state Basium Parshas Kedoshim. Rashi is quoting a Pasuk that comes from the conclusion of Parshas Kedoshim. That is the Parsha that begins with the imperative, you should be holy. Why didn't Rashi rather quote the beginning of the Parsha? And even before that, at the end of Pasha Shmini, we're given the imperative that we have to sanctify ourselves and be holy. Question is, why does Rashi do something he normally wouldn't do to ignore earlier references and rather choose a later reference? What is it about this, which is at the end of Pasha's Kedoshim, that speaks more to our Parsha than any of the other uh, sources that speak about us being a holy nation? So maybe you would try to offer the following answer, but it's not a great answer. You'd say, our In our pasuk, it says you should be a holy nation to Hashem, your God. Key words, to Hashem, your God. Maybe that's why you'd want to believe Rashi had to quote a pasuk that speaks about to me. Hashem saying you've got to be holy to me because here it's saying Kasha what did he say? Be holy to Hashem. Whereas the other psukim, whether it's Parashas Kedoshim or the end of Parashas Shmini, don't have that emphasis of to me. Not a great answer. Let's be honest. Who else are you going to be holy to? And practically, Rashi would have then included those key words if that's what's driving his interpretation that we need a pasuk that matches with being holy towards Hashem. Then in the header, he should have included that phrase, which is apparently so important. The fact that Rashi only quotes the words "Be a holy nation," then skips the words "Lashem Elokecha" and inserts "Kasher Diber" as he has spoken. He ignores the key words, which we would have thought were the key words. Is it, uh, is it, um, it doesn't even hint at those words by putting in an, an etc. Is muchach that makes it pretty clear to us as the kasher diber that the quotation we're looking for is about being a holy nation, not specifically a holy nation to God. So what is Rashi telling us over here? Why the link between Amsagula to a pasuk in Yisroi and the link to Kedoshim? Being a pasuk in Kedoshim specifically, what's the message? Shloimer habira bazem, and so the answer is as follows: Bashkofi rishona is doing pasuk nit glat. The first thing you should notice about this pasuk is that it doesn't seem to flow neatly. When Hashem says you will be a holy nation, is that not the same message as a, a treasured nation? What really is the difference between being God's treasured or God's holy nation? Both of them share the same message. The Jews are a unique nation, different to other nations, in that they're the chosen and holy nation. So the Pasuk should have put them one after the next. 
But that's not how it works. The fact that the reference to us as being a holy nation is in a separate Pasuk. In fact, it's at the end of a separate Pasuk. With a, a barrier, a break in between that changes the subject a little bit and says, observe the mitzvahs. Doing mitzvahs describes what we do because we were instructed to do them rather than our status because Hashem has gifted us the status. Let's move on. He has our first major clue to what's going on. There's a big difference between the message of being a chosen, treasured nation and the message of being a holy nation. We need to uncover what that massive distinction is. So we cannot assume that when Hashem tells us you will be a holy nation, as I have already told you, we cannot say that he's referring here in this Pasuk to the kind of holiness that he was referring to in Pasha's Yisroi. Because in Parshas Yisroi, the holy nation status was a direct continuation from the treasured nation status. And that's not happening here. These are two completely different types of status. What is that difference? We're going to see this one word difference between how the Am Segula and the Am Kodesh are described in this parasha, Rashi shows us that distinction of that one word and it makes all the difference to understanding what the message is. What is the difference between being the holy nation and being the treasured chosen nation? So Rashi says, well, pay attention. The Pasuk in the first case says, as I've spoken to you, whereas when it speaks about being a holy nation, the Torah does not use the word as I told you. Why is that you? Such a pivotal word. The Azbarabah's explanation is this. As Rashi often does, he relies on information he's already given us much, much earlier. In this case, in Parshas Vayetze, what does Li, Loi, Loch mean? Dibarti Loch, the Pasuk says. Hashem tells Yaakov uh, Avinu, I've spoken to you. What does it mean, Loch, to you? To your for your need, for your benefit. And I was speaking about you. What I already promised Avram Avinu about himself and his descendants, I'm extending that promise to you, Yaakov Avinu. Says Rashi, and he has the key part that's relevant to us. Anytime that a person is saying something and they use that particular reference, you, us, to, sorry, to you, to them, to, uh, to me, to, uh, to those people. It always means, Al, I'm talking about you. Let's understand that a little bit better. Let's translate it into our scenario and that will help us understand the distinction between being the treasured or the holy nation. When Hashem says, you will be a treasured nation as I have diber loch, it doesn't mean as I have said to you, tzu in. Because you could say, well, what's the big surprise in that? Everything in Torah is said to the Jewish people. We are the audience. 
Rather, kasher di berloch means what I said, what I said for your value, for your benefit, and about you. It's Hashem saying, I'm telling you, or Moshe Rabbein is telling you, what Hashem said about you. This is not an instruction, this is a promise. This is not an address to the people, it's a description of the people. Now we can understand what the Pasuk is telling us. Hashem has selected you today to be His chosen nation. Which means, as Rashi explains, Hashem has selected you out of all of the nations to be His treasured nation. Is there uftu given that doesn't mean as Hashem is telling you, it's rather as Hashem is describing about you. And here Moshe Rabbeinu is telling the Jewish people because Hashem has already promised you this previously. Where? In Parashas Yisra. And the Rebbe is Rashi Meforashas Kasher, Diber Loch. Therefore, Rashi has to understand that the word over here that Hashem has spoken about you means, where Hashem described us in Parashas Yisra. As his treasured nation. He needs a quotation where the nature of the quotation was Hashem speaking about us. But the next Pasuk Rashi interprets, which is that you will be a holy nation as I spoke, without without the <coughs> reference to who you are or the fact that the Pasuk is a description of you. Is moving as Eden. Now it's clear that in that context, we're not looking for a quotation where Hashem is speaking about the Jewish people. Where the Abish is promising that this is going to happen. Rather, we've got to translate this because it doesn't have the word loch as a normal conversation. The Abish is telling them. Something, an instruction, an imperative. They were just telling us we have to behave in a particular way. That's what alerts Rashi to say. The Pasuk is one kind of source we're looking for where Hashem describes the greatness of the Jewish people. And the Pasuk is a different kind of source where we're looking for something that David is speaking to and instructing the Jewish people. So it obviously cannot be the reference there in Parashat Sisroi, where Hashem is promising us that we'll become a holy nation. Which would be a, an assurance and a promise, much like the assurance and promise that we'd be the chosen nation. Describing what Debesh is going to do with or for us. Instead, Rashi is now going to be looking for a source where we find Hashem telling us what we need to do in order to be the sanctified nation. That's why Rashi says, well, which Pasuk is it? The Pasuk where Hashem says, you need to be holy. You need to make yourselves holy. It's an instruction from Hashem to the Jewish people urging us to make ourselves holy. That's why Rashi over here 
Dafka, when he quotes from our Pasuk, includes the beginning of the phrase, Veli Am Kodesh, that you should become, because that's the message over here. You need to do something. You need to become holy people. Which is different to the description of how we'd be a chosen nation. There the Abisha says, you will be. It's guaranteed that you'll become a chosen nation. means you have a responsibility to make yourselves holy. That chof at the end of the word, which gives it possession, your responsibility to become a holy. That illustrates to us that this becoming a holy nation is not Hashem's business, not the teichem from the Eden's pulum, ipnei atzivoi, rather it is a description of what we are expected to do by virtue of Hashem's instruction to us. So that's what Rashi is clarifying for us over here. To become a treasured nation. That's something they just said about you. It's a promise. Promise comes from Yisroi. But the fact that you have to be proactive to become Am Kodesh, a holy nation, as Hashem instructed you. Well, that, where did he instruct you? Where he told us that we have to be invested in behaviors that will make us holy. So the Shaila Canal. Question still remains, why didn't Rashi take the earlier references, either the beginning of Pasha's Kedoshim or, or the end of Pasha Shmini, which also surely convey the same message? Both of those references are instructions to us that we have to become holy, which means do things that make us holy. Why didn't Rashi choose either of those? Therefore, Rashi tells us the question that we've got to analyze in the Pasuk over here is not only what does mean that you've got to do something, but it's even more specific. You've got to do something as a nation. There is the Kedusha you have to achieve as an individual. There's the Kedusha you have to achieve as the collective. The entire theme of this section of Pasha's Kisovoi is all about the greatness and uniqueness of us as a nation. As the Pasuk before said, selected you today. Which means that Abish has distinguished you from all other nations. Not to be a whole lot of individual treasures, but a treasured nation. Therefore, the context of the kind of expectation in this parasha of holiness is not that every individual on their own should be holy. But it's a broader expectation that the entire nation, as an entity, as a nation, must be a holy nation. The source that's going to prove that theme, that the nation has to work to become holy, is from the end of Parashas Because the context there is an instruction to the nation to behave in a way that will distinguish the nation from other nations. 
ודפוסק אז ממשיך, וישים לי קדושים כי קודש אני השם, דפוסק זה says, you should be holy because I am holy as Hashem your God, ואבדיע אתכם מן העמים ליועץ לי, and I'm going to separate you from the nations to become mine, implying what? That this is a national status. That's the correct pasuk for Rashi to bring in Parashas Kisavai, which is describing a national status of the Jewish people or a national responsibility to achieve that status by becoming holy as a nation. Mashenkein, the pasuk of Asif Parashas Shmini v'skadishim v'yisim k'doshim, v'adarech zeh k'doshim tiu b'reish Parashas k'doshim, whereas the other two quotations, the end of Shmini, the beginning of k'doshim, v'astotin is nit mutkash astosayin tzvim of the k'doshim from Klal Am Yisrael, there's nothing about those psukim that highlights a a directive to the nation to be a holy nation. Rather, um, it says nothing about it that indicates the uniqueness of the Jewish people compared to other nations. Rather, those are very personal, individualized um, instructions like any other mitzvah in the Torah. Therefore, Rashi did not want to bring either of those as the source to our message in this parasha, which is you, the nation of Jewish people, needs to work to be a holy nation. That's all the analysis of the psukim in Rashi's words, and you see the brilliance of how Rashi, by just drawing our attention to the words of the Torah and his specific source material, helps us to understand the themes of what the parasha is indicating to us. Now let's look at this through a spiritual lens. So let's understand this from a spiritual perspective. We have now been clear about the fact that to, in this Pasuk, be told that we must be a holy nation is a call to action rather than just a promise that we will be holy. Which is unlike our status as the chosen nation, which is a gift from Hashem, nothing that we achieved. But the question is, this is the same Pasuk that says that Abish is going to place you beyond or above the other nations of the world. How does that link to the instruction? You as a nation need to work to be holy. Actually, in context, the better link would be the instruction to do mitzvahs and thereby to become the holy nation. Which is earlier. Surely that would have been the right place to say, how do you become a holy nation? Well, that's you're going to observe all of Hashem's mitzvahs, which is a great accolade to the Jewish people, and that's what's going to turn us into this holy people. Why is it in the same pasuk as that Hashem is going to gift you to be an elevated nation? Which sounds much more like the theme of you're going to be the chosen people. So there seems to be a little bit of a mixing or a crossing of the, of the lines over here. So we're going to understand that by saying was in the answer to solving in our parsha why in the same breath we're saying that will elevate you over the nations and that you have to take responsibility as a nation to become holy. The clue to understanding that lies in the Haftar, which speaks about some of the promises of the time of Moshiach, including that the nations will walk based on the light of the Jewish people, the classic light unto the nations. Your children will come from far and they'll walk with assured steps. 
And the promises of how the nations of the world will serve us and do the things that we require. To the extent that the Pasuk tells us, that those nations who refuse to step up to the plate and to assist the Jewish people will actually be destroyed. Let's understand what's going on over here. We can appreciate that when it comes to the code that the non-Jewish world has to observe, the seven Noachad laws, so if they were instructed by Hashem to fulfill that code and they ignore it, we understand that they, that's a capital offense because the nature of the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach is very binary. Either a person observes it or they don't, in which case it's, it's a capital offense. But where is there an instruction from Hashem that the nations of the world have to serve the Jewish people? Where does Yeshayahu get this idea from that if the nations of the world don't support us, that's also deserving of destruction? On what basis? So the Birbazet to understand that we have to understand the entire objective of creation. Because any entity that does not fulfill or does not service the objective of creation doesn't have a reason to exist. It's something discussed many times as a Gansabria that the entire purpose of the entire creation, including all the nations, is not the end in itself. But the purpose of the entire creation, including the entire population within that creation, is to service the objective, the purpose of creation, which is the Jewish people. The very well-known uh, Medrash that says, Beratius means that the world was created for the purpose of those who are called racious, which is the Jewish people. And that's because we're actually the purpose. We're, we're the goal. We're the objective. In the time of Moshiach, the truth of every single existence will be exposed, will be revealed. That's when the truth emerges and you get to recognize that every single thing that exists, including the entire human population, is to service the purpose of the Eden. When that becomes clear, that that's the purpose and goal of creation, then there's no alternative. If there should be a nation that refuses to buy into that purpose, any being, nation, group that does not live fulfilling its purpose, it's not that somebody's going to destroy and kill them. They have no purpose. They no longer have a reason to exist. Which incidentally is the reason why a non-Jew who transgresses the seven Noachad laws, it's a capital offense. Which is really different to Judaism, different consequences for different kinds of transgressions. The reason is because design mitzvahs from B'nai Noach is in Yonam Sibas Metzias from B'nai Noach. The reason Hashem created humans was to live with morality and ethics as coded in the Sheva Mitzvahs. And why do they have to live with those codes and ethics? To serve as the purpose of the Yidin and of Torah. If they don't fulfill that objective, 
then they have no basis for existence. It's, uh, it's exactly like anything in, in society. If it has no purpose, we call it defunct. It has no value. It has no purpose. No longer doing what it was designed to do. That's really the deeper spiritual meaning of this concept of Hashem placing us in an elevated position over the nations. The Shach al says, it's like they were only created for you. Like the statement of Ben Azai, nothing in the world was created for any other purpose except to service me in order to, that I should be able to service Hashem. That means this, this concept of being elevated as a Jewish nation is the being the elevated chosen nation is a taste of the concept of Mashiach. In other words, it's the recognition of the purpose of the entire creation. So now these two psukim we have, the one that describes us as a treasured chosen nation and the other that calls on us to become a holy nation, are both, as the context is, they're both there to illustrate the, 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 the greatness, the uniqueness of the Jewish people. I'm like the expression that we saw already from Rashi that Debesha separated us to be his treasured nation as the Eden that the Jewish nation is separate in what way the uniqueness of Am Yisrael is that our existence is an end it's not a means to an end we're not here to service an alternative purpose. We become the purpose. What does that mean? The Birbazet means like this. The interpretation of the Pasuk that says, Hashem has selected you to be His treasured nation is, Rashi explains what is a Segula, a treasure. Oitzar Choviv. It's a very cherished, valuable um, treasury. Shamlochim goins, sorry, Oskulas Milochim, the treasure of kings, Kleyokor, Vavonim Tevois, expensive items, precious stones. Shamlochim goinsim oisom, that the, the kings will lock away in their treasure houses. Kachatem to Yuliskulam likewise, we, the Yidden, are this unique treasure. The fact that this is a marshal designed by the Torah about the Jewish people is moving as there is betachlis It's got to be an absolutely precise marshal. So Davin Bashtein, there's something about this marshal that doesn't really seem to make sense. What's the value of the crown jewels if they're locked away in a vault? If you take out precious stones, and you fix them into the king's signet ring or into his, into his crown, obviously that's going to add to the grandeur of the king. He's got this big fancy crown with a cullen and diamond in it. But if it's locked away in a vault that nobody can ever see, Surely that achieves absolutely nothing. What's the value of having wealth that nobody can see? Nobody can appreciate their value. Nobody can appreciate their beauty. 
Now, when menem tzayaros fenotz gonus, but there is a time where even those national treasures are brought out of the vaults to the benzerich gadol for nitzuach hamilchama, when there's an absolute need, like for example, to sustain a war effort that has to be won. But the Rebbe says in the Hemshech Ha'ilula, like the Friedrich Rebbe says in the Hemshech of Bosi Legani, Aslim Nitzurach Haminaged, that when it comes to overcoming and beating the enemy, as the Melech Mevazves calls to Guloi Soitzis, then Yoka Nesav and Ikvus Bekmeshech Kameshonim Idirachardur, then the king will splurge with all of the great treasures that have been housed from generation to generation. Vashem Yolam Leishtamish Mezel Shum Dover. Something that's never been touched or used before, the commas for Chosmein Korea and was sealed and locked away from anybody's prying eyes, is Doatelis when they well, at that point, the treasury suddenly becomes valuable. And when the king opens the treasure houses, we actually call that splurging. We call that almost like wasteful. That implies that there's something radical happening over here. The spilling out of the value of the treasury onto the street, so to speak, because there's something critical that has to be achieved. What does that mean in context of us as the Amsugula, the locked away treasured nation? It means like this. The fact that the great treasures of the society are locked away from any prying eyes is that's because these are assets that have a direct personal relevance to the king himself. Not things that are relevant to the king's position, to the king's authority, to the king's leadership. These are assets that are linked directly to who the king is at the core of his being. There are certain elements of the treasury which are there to service the kingdom. You've got to have a budget. Sometimes you've got to be able to pay for things that the community needs, that the country needs. Or you're spending money or using the jewels themselves in order to create the grandeur of the uniform, the crown, etc. that the king wears. Because to have that grandeur is a key element of what it is to be a king. Like the Pasuk tells us, you have to see the king in all his glory. But those treasures that are locked away, their goal and purpose is not to be able to run the country. That's personal to the king. This is my stuff. My treasures that I've locked away in my vault. This is one of the unique things of what it is to be a king, that he could go and sit there and enjoy the pleasure of seeing these shimmering gems in his vault that he knows nobody else could access. And that makes him realize, I am the king, nobody else has this access. That elevates the king in the most internal, personal way. Only I have access to this particular series of treasures. That's the meaning of the passage that says you will be li. For me, personally, the Ebishta says, a unique and cherished treasure. The fact that the Yidin exist 
is more precious to the Ebeshter than the fact that the Yidin reveal Hashem in the world through performance of mitzvahs. Zatachlis is the etzem fananen kaitzera. The purpose of Yidin is to be. Yidin are one with Hashem's essence. And like that king who loves to feel and touch and experience of being in his treasure house surrounded by his assets, the Ebeshter loves the so-called touch and feel of the Yidin. And the Abishas love and pleasure from us, just the very fact that we exist, is far superior to the greatness and the, the, the experience and joy that a king has from his personal treasure house. So what we're learning over here is that the distinction between Eden and all other people is, is it's at our essence, at our core. It's not because of anything we've done. The purpose of other beings is not to exist. They live, their purpose is to achieve something. So for example, if you had a look in the plant kingdom, the value of a plant is not to be a plant. The value of the plant is to nourish other beings. The value of certain creatures is to cross-pollinate uh, the, the, the plant kingdom, to provide uh, it's, it's services or to, to the human kingdom. And it's the same thing. The average person, the purpose of the person is to provide a moral world which Hashem would be proud of. Whereas to be a Yid, the value, the purpose, the goal of being a Yid is to be. Even before we get down to the business of doing what Ebeshter instructed us to do, the fact that we are, oh, that is already a purpose, an ultimate purpose. And that's what the Pasuk is telling you, that Ebeshter selected you. Ebeshter separated you from everybody else, not because you did anything, not because you've added value, but because Ebeshter chose you to be for him this great, incredible source of nachas. What is so incredibly unique about us is just the fact that we exist is already Hashem's absolute treasure house. His, his great pleasure of, of His treasure. That's why this is a part of the Torah that we always read in proximity to Rosh Hashanah. Particularly as we know that the Mephoshim tell us, or the, sorry, the, the, the Tzemach Tzedek tells us, that the Hayoim we're talking about where Hashem selects us as His people is on Rosh Hashanah. The first part of the message, which is that Abisha selected you. Sorry, you, the fact that, sorry, the first part that you selected Hashem. You selected Hashem. That's us accepting Abisha as king of the world, as the Gemara tells us. That we have to say the section of Davening called Malchus in order that we proclaim Hashem as king over the world. The fact that Ebesha selected us is thus was the Ebesha named on the Achtorah von Eden. That references the fact that Ebesha accepts our petition that he should be king. As a result of which, the Ebesha's rule will then seep over the entire spiritual hierarchy and into the physical creation. And this is an echo of the original creation where, as we well know, <coughs> 
the, uh, the, the Medjus tells us that who did Debishter so-called, quote-unquote, consult before creation? The Neshamas of Tzadikim. And hang on a second. How do you consult the Neshamas of Tzadikim? If we're the ones who are crowning Hashem as king, that seems to imply that we're in play even before the Ebishter is a king. Same question about the beginning of creation. If we say that the Ebishter, so to speak, consulted the souls of Tzadikim, that implies that the souls of Tzadikim are there even before the Ebishter is appointed king and ruling and creating the world. So what's the purpose of Neshamas if there's not yet a world and there's not yet a king and there's nobody to serve and there's no mitzvahs to do? That's exactly the point of this Pasuk, that to be Jewish is to be the Ebishter's treasure, a hidden treasure, a beloved treasure. The, the real value of the Yidin is that we're away from prying eyes in the Ebishter's treasure house. Giving the Ebishter tremendous nachas, tremendous pleasure. And it's a level, a, an experience of our existence where we're one with with Eibishna. And where do you see an illustration of the fact that we're one with Hashem's essence? Well, it's obvious that Hashem's essence does not exist to facilitate anything at all. Us too, at our core, exist not to facilitate any purpose or even the fulfillment of mitzvahs. So, like the Magadah message says, that even before the Yidin existed, as kind of defined or identifiable beings as Yidin, we were already, so to speak, etched into the Eibishter's thought process. We precede the entire thought with them catalyst and the motivation for the thought process of existence. That's the, distin- the, 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 the distinction between the two psukim in our parasha. The David just selected us to be his special nation. And he elevated us over the nations. In the first Pasuk is speaking about our intrinsic, unique greatness and how we are elevated over the, the rest of the population. The first thing we have to know about ourselves is we're in that vault. We're locked in to the Eibishter's essence. That is who we are. One with Hashem's essence. Because we're locked into the Ebishter's essence, therefore the Pasuk can continue to say, and we will observe all of the mitzvahs. The, impl- the, impl- the implication of that Pasuk is that Jews have 613, not just seven mitzvahs to do. It's not not achilik in kamos. That's not just a quantitative difference. We have many more mitzvahs to do. That we have a greater, a longer list of things we have to do. It's a whole different category, a whole different quality of observance. Nations of the world, ordinary people are designed to fulfill a goal. 
So if you're fulfilling a goal, there are restrictions on how much you can actually do and how much you're expected to do. How many instructions are given? Seven instructions with obviously subcategories. But when you're addressing us, the Yidin, who are one with Abishter, is by and then you don't start counting calories, you don't start counting mitzvahs. It's We are committed to the whole thing. We're completely in for whatever it is that the Abishter puts on us without any restraint, without any restriction, without any limitations. Because as we well know, the Abishta cannot be in any way separated or distinguished from his will, which are, of course, his mitzvahs. Whichever mitzvah, meaning whichever thing Hashem wants, it may be. We're ready. We're going to do it. Whatever it is. Even if he asks us, like the Alter Rebbe says, to chop wood, we'd chop wood. Because we're not bound by the thing having to make sense or having to fit a particular purpose. Whatever the Ebishter wants, that's what we're keyed into. That's the first posuk. On in Svetan posuk, the next posuk that says, the Sitcha Elion going with that Ebishter places us above the nations. Is now describing not how the Jewish people are at our source, but how we are in the real world. Even as Jewish people living on planet earth, going through the things that we have to deal with, we're still a notch above. Because we are the purpose. As we've already mentioned, everything else that exists is there to help us to achieve our purpose. This is something that actually the nations of the world can appreciate and recognize. Which is why we find that, as uh, we can quote Chief Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, that non-Jews respect Jews who respect Judaism. That the nations do praise and, and value us when we're doing what we're supposed to. Like our Pasuk tells us, we'll be praised, we'll be this, this great uh, beauty to the rest of the world. And that, the Pasuk says, how are you, how are you elevated over the, the nations of the world? We'll see it by the choice and the investment that we, the Jewish nation, makes to be holy. Which means that even the material experience of a Jewish person, business, exercise, eating, which are activities that look like they're no different, whether it's a Jewish person or anybody else doing them, we actually illustrate we're holy even in the practice of eating and even in the practice of conducting business. That you will be holy and the Abisha says, I will separate you from the nations to be for me. And that is clear in Rashi's interpretation. Because Rashi says, how do we know that a person shouldn't say, Oh, gross, I would never want to eat something that is a chazer. Rather, the person should say, I would love to be able to eat non-kosher products. What should I do? The Ebeshter told me that I can't have it. 
So therefore, Rashi quotes this Pasuk that says, the Ebishter says, I'm going to separate you from the nations. That the way in which you separate the nation, yourself from the nations shouldn't be with any personal vested interest. It should be dedication to me. That you keep yourself away from doing an Averus and you accept Hashem's authority. What Rashi is describing is that we, we really have access to the same possibilities as any other human. We make ourselves holy by not participating in what's out there as lucrative as it might appear. This should teach us how careful and how enthusiastic we need to be about love for a fellow Jew. And how willing we have to be to do for our fellow Jew. Because you've got to remember, every single Jew is part of this great treasure that sits in the Ebrish's vault. That's who the Jew is. Regardless of how the Jew may appear in conduct or in their emotional state or their intellectual state. Fundamentally at the core of this Jewish person's being, he is in a category of his own. It's the Abish's product, the Abish's nurtured saplings that are given great pleasure from the Abish's, which is actually in our Aftarah. And because every single one of us is a part of the Abisha, therefore every, every single one of us is actually eternal. As the Mishnah tells us that every one of us is a portion in the eternal reward to come. And every single one of us belongs to that original precipitating thought that caused creation. That deep original motivating thought process is an internal self-focused thought. In other words, almost as if to say what Debesha wants for himself. We're not like the rest of creation which is a result of Debesha's speech. The purpose of speech is for others. The purpose of thought is for self. But our responsibility to our fellow Jew is to assist them to bring that deep, meaningful, essential connection to the surface. Especially this is the week when we're reading this parish and this Aftarah. Especially if it's the week that coincides with Chayelul birthdays of the Balshentev and the Alter Rebbe. In the Vogue, in the Vogue was from the Yusidus, the Ekron, the Teresach Sidus, from Balshent, from Alton Rebbe, is Abbas Israel. So it's especially relevant around Chayelul, which is the time of two great teachers of the absolute need and the importance of Abbas Israel. So this is a time of the Yehotman Abazundur Nasin Askech to Pelinef Aiden, Yeder Eden. We have extra energy and capacity right now to have an impact on another Jew and in fact on every single Jew that we encounter. We have the capacity to awaken within this person the fact that they just select them to be his treasure. Should be something that translates into action to, to fulfilling Hashem's mitzvahs. And this is a time we're especially empowered to 
reveal within our fellow Jew how you're a cut above. And to empower us, every single Jewish person, to be able to, to step above and become a holy nation and not defined by the norms of the world and certainly not defined by the normative voice, the secularly influenced voice that sits inside our head. That puts us in a far better position to accept Hashem as our King, which we're supposed to do on Rosh Hashanah. will be a clear advert to the whole world that Eibeshter is our King. To the extent that the nations of the world recognize that we're actually a special people, which doesn't necessarily happen. And from that, we should come to the fulfillment of all the prophecies about Mashiach that are included in our Haftarah by Yeshayah To the conclusion of the Haftarah, which says that I, Hashem, am going to bring Mashiach in his right time, or even better, bring him earlier. That should happen immediately.